You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Well, you lead big fellow, we'll follow. And that's how we get started right into the show. I'm the big fellow, as, as some people like to call me, or I'm the dork. It's either way. It works out fine. I don't really care. I, I prefer dork. What do you think, Mike? I'm neutral. Call me Switzerland. I'm full of holes anyway, so... <laughs> Your your Swiss cheese to 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 my dorkiness and to Mark sure. whatever the hell he is. Well, my brain is definitely Swiss cheese. I can forget all kinds of things. So, what? Huh? Uh, Who? Why are we here? Who are these oh. people? See, I'm looking? See, see, listeners, this is what happens when you podcast with old men. Huh? They get forgetful. Huh? What? See? Huh? This is the world's greatest podcast. <laughs> but seriously, folks, welcome to episode. See, I can't even speak. I got the Mac bites teeth here. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, episode one sixty four, and uh, this is probably the last episode that will get released before the upcoming Christmas holiday. We may get another one recorded, but I don't know if it'll make it out in time. So, first and foremost, I want to say right up front. Very, very Merry Christmas to all of our listeners and to Mr. McPeak and uh, Mark's family. Oh, thank thank you, Kevin. And and, uh, likewise, back to you and your family. We hope that you have a a very safe and happy Christmas. We shall. Looking forward to a little snow, maybe. Mm, Well, okay, you had me up to that point. (laughs) Then you just kind of killed the mood, dude. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to a nice, warm summer's day. No, no. Oh, it, with, rub it with in. With a little cross breeze so that we can get in the pool and we can just have fun. No, no. I'm I'm dreaming of a Oh, wife. Jesus. What the hell? What? Scott, what the frig is wrong with you, man? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was man, breaking now up. Now I've got a headache. Oh. Uh, really? That gave you a headache? Wait till no, the li- I've, I've had a headache for the last 15 minutes since I started talking to you, Kevin. Well, well wait till the listeners see the cover <laughs> art from this week. That'll give them a <laughs> that, that, That'll shock them. Yes, it will. So, uh, But speaking of the glorious white fluffy snow, and I can hear Elisa Paselli right now just going off <laughs> while I say that. And, and, and Mr. McPeak has given me a very friendly gesture that I'm number yeah. one. <laughs> You're number one, dude. <laughs> so, uh, but but Mike has been dealing with some of the fluffy white goodness over the last what two or three days, I guess. Well, it it it, it snowed. Uh, well, actually, it started out as rain, um, kind of like Sunday night, and then into Monday morning. And so we have a nice coat of ice on the ground. Then we got about three inches of snow on top of that in South Dakota where the wind never quits blowing, blew across there and put a shiny buff on it. So, you know, it's like skating across the mirror. So yesterday or Monday morning, I went to work and we got this little hill. We got to go up into the parking lot to get to the school to to park. And there was a snow drift across it. And I should have just stopped and parked some other place. But I decided, no, I'll try to barrel through it and. So I got the Equinox halfway through there, and it got stuck. Not a good way to start out the morning at like uh, you know quarter after five in the morning. So I go out there, and I've got the snow blower, and I'm trying to snow blow around it uh, to get uh, get the snow moved around so I can shovel out underneath and get it out. Well, the uh, the uh, city snowplow operator, I mean, we only got about three city uh, um, employees, uh, was moving snow. And I was blowing snow out in the street so I could get my vehicle free. And he pulled up within, like, literally six inches of the snowblower with his blade. 
um, I won't use his name, uh, but um, besides which, you wouldn't listen to this podcast anyway because I don't know if he can get his knuckles up off the ground to you know, use a computer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is going well. Um, and anyway, he pulls up there and you, you know, he tells me, you know, you, you can't blow snow out into the uh, street. And I said, I'm just trying to get my vehicle out. Well, you know, there's a city ordinance. And I'm thinking, you jerk. Oh, wait a minute. I got the explosive tag. You fucking jackass. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get my car out, and you are of no help. You couldn't even put your blade down. And I think when he came up there, uh, threw snow behind the vehicle. Thanks, jerk. Um, and I'm trying to get the vehicle out, and I, you know, I finally got it out. But you know, he, just the fact that he didn't lift a finger to help, and he's just up there, you know, reminding me of the city ordinance. I realized no, people shouldn't be blowing snow out in their in the the street. It does make it hard to move the snow. It makes it messy. But like I said, I didn't have a lot of choices on where to blow the snow, so uh, that was not a good way to get my morning started. And then just when you can do a Tokyo drift with the snowblower going through the parking lot because it's that icy, it's actually going sideways. Um, you know, that gets a little, uh, gets a little hairy. So yeah, Monday morning was not my shining moment. And then I think my stomach was just on that urge, just on that point where I might get sick, uh, because my stomach just felt a little weird. So it's just like, you might get sick. I'm not going to let you know about it. It's going to come as a complete surprise, <laughs> but just be prepared. It didn't happen. But like I say, between the snow and an upset tummy and just starting out my day with the you know, congratulations, you won my Jackass of the Year award, guy. Um, you know, like I say, Monday was, it started out worse than most Mondays. So, yeah, I, but I've, I've gone uphill from there. And the worst thing about the snow was uh, Saturday, even Sunday, the snow was almost virtually gone. I was actually dreaming of having a brown Christmas. Um, the, there was only like one little pile of snow left in the yard. I was considering going out there and just taking a pee on it to make it go away completely, but I didn't have effort to do that. And I think the neighbors would have, uh, had something to say about that. But, you know, so we went from pretty good to like crappy to, you know, now we're okay. The weather's, uh, it's cold now. It's like in the teens. Maybe right now it's probably even closer to zero. It's Fahrenheit, not celsius so it's cold out there but at least it's not snowing i'm hoping the weather is going to clear up uh monday and tuesday of next week uh uh we want to go down to iowa and see my daughter down there so we're hoping the roads will stay clear because that's about a three-hour drive down there so the hopefully the roads will stay good and we'll be able to travel and go down there because we haven't seen her since like about july or something like that so i'm hoping for good weather then but uh and we're we haven't We've had spurts of snow, but I think the rest of the winter, I'm hoping, will be not too bad. Well, I don't. I hate to burst your bubble, but you know, I'm looking at the long range forecast. I have a chance of snow here. There's a slight. Uh, I think it's Saturday or Sunday this week, and then there's another shot of it uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah, and that's well, sto- and that's the storm that I think you're going to get a taste of too. So, mm-hmm. I, it, it, as far as you traveling. Believe me, I understand. And ice is no fun. I know Marcus had no experience with this. I'll drive in the snow all day long, but when it gets icy, this, oh yeah, this bumble bounces. But it's it's hard to drive <laughs> in the ice. I, I just I cannot do that. I I I, I give up. I, the only way I go out in the ice when it gets icy is I have uh, back when I used to play golf all the time. I still have my golf shoes, which have the little metal spikes on them. I put them on and go out and walk around the ice because you can't <laughs> flip and fall with those. Well, then I was out trying to put some ice melt down, and uh, I had uh, moon boots on, moon, uh, moon snow boots. Uh, 
And they're good and warm, but they have just kind of a rubber uh, tread, uh, not really good for on ice. And I was trying to uh, salt the slope, and I could just feel myself starting to slide. I didn't fall down. I didn't go too far. I managed to kind of creep my way back up. And so I just took the ice melt and kind of threw it down the incline there, and it was so uh, slick that it naturally scattered on its own and started its ice melting magic there so um it was a little hairy at times you know what i need and i ought to get you a pair and send them to you i'm sure you can find them up there but it's too hard to describe i got a few years ago for christmas my brother-in-law gave me i call them tire chains for my shoes i think i've seen those they hook over your shoes and they got like metal on them and they give you a chance to not fall and bust your ass when you're walking on the ice. Well, up here I think they're called golf shoes, but now this is something you can put on any pair of shoes. Well, this is true. So, it, as opposed to actually wearing like my golf spikes. Oh, excuse me. I drank a soda before the recording, folks, so we could have some uh, unfortunate body noises as we go through this. So, I'm just going to give you a heads up. And if you do hear any body noises, they're all directed towards Mark. So, just saying. That's right. A little lighter in the episode, I'll just go and take a piss and make sure that you can hear that, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, but your toilet will flush the wrong way. <laughs> no, it'll flush the right way. No, no, it goes the wrong way. Oh, Al- we're the right way. Alistair, back, the right Alistair way. back me up on this. So, well, Mark, our Alistair, light. you're no longer an honorable Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he lives in the good country. I must admit, I, I, I will say I love New Zealand. It's a beautiful country. Anyone who hasn't been there, you must go there sometime. Just glorious. I mean, it, it's amazing. I mean, we think Australia is lovely, and I'm sure, you know, other places in the world are and, and so forth. But honestly, New Zealand is just beautiful country. Wonderful people as well. Just really great place. Yeah, I, that's one of the uh, uh, places I would at some point like to go if I ever decide to actually leave the United States, but I'm afraid to leave because I don't know if they'll let me back in. Um, <laughs> so, if I ever do actually exit... Don't worry, the... we'll, we'll, kick you, we'll kick you out. <laughs> You'll kick me out? I'll have to take you back in because we'll say, hey, 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 we're yeah. not accepting him. That's all right. Peter will let me come out. Peter and uh, Elaine will let me come over and live in the UK with them. So, I'll still be in oh, the... They're not, they're not here to say no, but... No, now I know they would both do that. They would. I think. Him. I think Elaine would. She's got a heart of gold, and Peter's a hell of a nice guy. But I don't know if he could put up with you for that long. Well, all he has to do is help get me in the country. I don't. You know, he doesn't have to do any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just quietly sneak me in. Um, anyway, uh, I'll, I'll let Michael love this too. The other, I guess it was uh, over the weekend, Saturday or Sunday. I put the lawnmower away. Uh, because we've had some snow here too, and I got my snowblower out and plugged it in and started it up, and because mine has electric start on it, so uh, it was. I got it running. I had it out in the driveway, and I love listening to it run. You know, it's just, it's just wonderful. It's got you know, mine's got. I don't know what yours has. Mine has five forward gears and two reverse gears. Well, yeah. See, mine's Mister Flash. Yeah. Well, my uh, the one at the school has uh, yeah five forward and two reverse and the headlight, but the headlight isn't working. I don't know if the bulbs burned out or not. The one here at home, that's an old one. Uh, it doesn't even have a clutch on it. It has you put it in gear and hang on. <laughs> I've seen those. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, and so you can let go, and it'll keep going. So you know, you know, try not to run over anything or slip and fall or something. And so, um, and that one is getting older. The carburetor's got issues. We had somebody look at it, so I think we run it half choked most of the time, so it'll run good. And um, it's got an electric start on it because I don't think I could have pulled that thing hard enough to, or long enough to uh, 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 get it started. So I plug it in because yesterday I plugged it in. No, Monday I plugged it in. Uh, Monday night, I plugged it in and just uh, it sat there and cranked and cranked and cranked, and I had to pump it. And it finally got started, but uh, yeah, I don't think I w- would have wanted to pull start that. Yeah, well, mine. I'm trying to remember what's the thing got. I can't remember. It's got a five or a six horsepower uh, engine on top of it, and uh, when it's cold, it's a little hard to pull start it. I mean, if it runs for just a couple minutes, it's easy then to to pull it. I can pull it pretty easy, but. That first start when it's cold, if it's been out, you know, it's been a month or two since I've used it, or hell, if it's been just two or three days and sitting out in the garage and gotten cold, yeah, plug that extension cord in, hit the primer button, push it, <laughs> and, go, and go with it. Well, the one at school does have an electric start, too, but uh, that one, well, that's only a few years old. And, um, yeah, you prime it, and um, this time I think I had to pull it actually two or three times to start it, but quite often it'll pop off on the first uh so that one's pretty good. Uh, the only thing that pops off on mine on the first pull when it's cold is my shoulder coming out of socket. Jeez, mm. I don't want to know what pops off on Kevin when he's cold and he pulls. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I have to tell you guys, and for listeners that are a little squeamish, you may not like this, but it was last I'm week- gone. <laughs> last weekend, uh, I, I mean, I have a fir- form of arthritis that's in my shoulders where the joint's closing and pushing the ball out of the socket in my shoulder. <laughs> So, yeah, go on and laugh. Thank God you, thank God you said your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I qualified that. that was very, but every once in a while, it'll, it'll wedge out, and I can't move my arm. I can't, the, my arm, I can't move it. So I had my son come over. I said, I said, come here. And, and I said, lift it up, pull my arm up. It doesn't matter if I holler or not, do it. And he lifted my arm up until you heard this loud, audible pop. Oh. Of it rotating back into the socket. And he went, Ow. He went, is that your shoulder? I went, yeah. <laughs> it does that. I can't help it. Ah, <laughs> oh, Christ. I mean, it was, it, he was like, that was the first time I think they had ever really heard my shoulder pop back in. I'm Occasionally, <sighs> I've, all, I've done also the Mel Gibson thing. Here's the Australian tie-in, where I slam it against something hard and shove, mm-hmm. it, and shove it back into socket. But that doesn't work as much as it used to. So I don't know. Oh, well, my wife I and could, I, I couldn't do that. My, my, my wife and I, we both, our backs get a little, uh, I suppose, from our jobs lifting and carrying stuff. So uh, every once in a while, she'll have me squeeze her back. And uh, she'll, we'll, we'll know it's good when we hear audible pops back there. And then she'll walk across mine, and it kind of sounds like tires across the gravel road. Oh, yeah, popping knuckles. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, if you see me squirming here, my back is out. There's something's out. So I'm, if I sit here, sometimes I can get it to pop and things go back to normal. But you know that's that's the old age stick again. So uh, I, I think what you need is one of those gravity things, Mike, where you lay down on it and then you rotate back and you hang from like your ankles and your feet. Yeah, but then all the crap would run down to my brain. I just got it out of there. <laughs> well said. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, talking about, uh, we were talking about the holidays, and I was singing my rendition of I'm Dreaming. Oh, jeez, Skype's <laughs> playing up again. What the heck? <laughs> I don't uh, know, Microsoft. Oh, migraine, migraine. Oh, rapid 
Behind the eyes and on the <laughs> temple. <laughs> and again, we get on the podcast and Mark starts rubbing himself. This is a whole bad thing. We don't want to go there. Um, well, you know, at least I don't do it while I'm driving. That is true. But unfortunately, we understand some of the residents of South Dakota <laughs> have a slightly different problem. And and did, I think... Did Mike really do that? I, you know, I saw that one, uh, I saw that one Equinox going down the road and it was all over the place. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't one Mike McPeak, was it? I'm not oh, saying. Okay. No, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to have to testify to anything in court, so. Yeah, no. Okay. I just, I, Mike, I just wanted to make sure that you didn't reach your peak while you were behind the wheel. <laughs> That's a double entendre there, and I don't even know if I'm going to touch that one, so. <laughs> Yes, that's very true. We we don't want Mike peaking too early. <laughs> oh dear, the puns are getting Yeah, it's getting deep in here, dudes. <laughs> now what we're ta- what we're talking about is something that was on the uh uh the Daily Show. And the- yeah, that's right, didn't it? Was it the, yeah. da- the Daily Show? And I'll put a link to it in the show notes uh for people to see it. Where uh, John Stewart, uh, they decided to have a little fun, and I'll let Mike talk a little bit about right. it. Right? Yeah, South Dakota decided to have a uh, public service announcement for winter driving. And the thing is, sometimes when you're driving down the road, uh, especially like now when it's snowy or icy, your car may kind of start to swerve and drift a little bit. Well, some people will have this uh, tendency to uh, uh, twist the wheel, uh, the steering wheel violently to try and overcorrect. Uh, in other words, they try to jerk the wheel a little bit. So somebody uh, decided in the uh, transportation department um, to have this campaign called Don't Jerk and Drive. Well, they did it, you know, knowing that there's a double entendre there. Um, and so this got picked up and, um, um, oh, what's that dude's name? Um John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he picked it up and um he ran with it there and they did a whole whole shtick on the uh, the Daily Show about it and uh yeah, and they had the uh, uh footage from our local uh, news station here Kelland TV talking about it. And they said that you know they did it in tongue in cheek and I commented earlier about it uh on the weekend uh on Twitter that somebody made a comment about it. And I said actually in South Dakota we're geniuses. Um we uh, they we did this campaign and now everybody's talking about it nationwide. You're welcome, um, <laughs> but you know and so and they've had their fun and they've run with it there and uh, and like I say the the Daily Show of course they took it beyond going over the top they took it practically to the moon. Uh, yeah, really. Well, yeah. When the when the segment is called Chitty Chitty Wank Wank, you know that they're going <laughs> to have fun with it. Yeah, and, and well, especially at the end when the uh, Asif, uh, I can't remember the guy's last name, what he started to do at the end. You'll have to watch the video, folks. I, I sat here and, and just laughed as I watched it. It was hilarious. So I, we will put a link to that. Yeah, and it's a very serious message because there's quite a few traffic accidents happen because, uh, like I say, people overcorrect sometimes. You can swerve into oncoming traffic. You can go in the ditch. And driving in South Dakota in the wintertime can be hazardous. Um, There's, you know, uh, traffic accidents that happen. Um, We're uh, in town here. We're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of a um, uh, tragic traffic accident that claimed the life of a a student in the uh, high school and uh, a couple others on the way to the uh, girl's sister's uh, they were picking out 
uh, bridesmaid dresses for their uh, for the one girl's upcoming wedding. So you know those kind of things. It's all kind of serious. And winter driving in South Dakota can, like I say, can be dangerous. Uh, and they're trying to get people to realize that you know be careful out there. Kind of use your head a little bit, um, and you know don't overreact. And but you know this is a way to do it. And and now I think just because it's gone viral uh, like this. Uh, more more people besides the state of South Dakota will see it, and they'll kind of keep that in mind. That just kind of use your head a little bit when you're you're driving. Yeah, I, I mean, all jokes aside, it is tough. I mean, that's I've driven enough in the snow. Uh, matter of fact, I learned to drive when it was uh, snowing. The first time I drove on bare pavement was a real shock. But <laughs> when I learned to drive, I mean, you, you just that's one of the things. Even in my area, in my part of the country, in Virginia. You have to learn to drive in the snow. We may not have it as much as you guys do, but you still got to be cognizant. Of course, one of the big things for me was when I went from a rear-wheel drive vehicle to a front-wheel drive vehicle, where rear-wheel, you turn into the skid if you start to spin, where front-wheel drive, you turn away from it. And that was one of the hardest things I've had to get used to. So. You know, and, see, and I just don't ca- uh, uh, think about it. I just kind of, you know, I just try to stay... Uh, slow enough that um, I don't have those things happening. And it was oh, probably about f- uh, 15 years ago, maybe even a little more than that, no, probably closer to 20 years ago. Um, I was going to it. I was working out at a different place, and so it was about a 22-mile drive, and they had just cleared the roads, the main part of the roads, but there was still snow on the shoulder, and the roads were slick and icy. And I got over a little too far, caught the snow that was on the, uh, on the shoulder there, and the Jeep just kind of spun around real nice in the road. And as I'm spinning around in circles, I'm going, where was that semi the last time I saw it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Please, you, God, where is it? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the, those things they, that, where they talk about things going into slow motion, yeah, that went into slow motion. Um, but I ended up in the ditch, didn't get hurt. Um, the vehicle didn't get hurt, but I'm stuck uh, in the ditch looking up. And I, even with a four-wheel drive Jeep, I couldn't get out. Somebody had to come along and help me get out. So, um you know, it's they make fun of it, but it's a serious thing, and hopefully, people will it, it will remind people just you know be careful out there, people. Well, yeah, there's, mm-hmm. it's been probably uh, what maybe five years ago now. I think we had a huge snowstorm the weekend before Christmas down here. I mean, we got uh, it was like eighteen inches of snow or something the, just a few days before Christmas, and uh it started on a friday night and the weird thing was i got stuck working and i didn't get to leave work until midnight so i'm driving home and i've got a 45 mile commute each way so i'm and i got across the blue ridge mountains on my way so i'm driving through and the i was surprised at the number of people out on the road and this main road that i drive on when i leave the office is three lanes wide well i guess because it snowed and you couldn't see the road it was a free-for-all. It was five and six and seven lanes wide. <laughs> you know, any place people could drive, they were driving. And I was just, <laughs> I was just easing along. I had the truck. Uh, I had it in low or high four-wheel drive, so I was running along about 35 miles an hour. I didn't have a bit of trouble. You know, never had a bit of trouble. I just kept, you know, people were stuck on these little hills sitting there, and they're just sitting there gunning the engine, you know, trying to get up the hill and stuff like that. I'm going, that's not how you do it, people. Um, but I just creased on the further i got closer to home uh or the further i got away from work you know fewer and fewer and fewer cars it ended up taking me about two hours and 40 minutes to drive home or 45 minutes something like that and i still remember as i was coming down my side of the mountain here seeing people that had you know what you had done it slid off the side of the road 
and they see me in my four-wheel drive truck going down the mountain, and they're looking at me like, aren't you going to stop pulling me over? No, hell no, I just want to go home. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it, you know, I, I feel sorry, but it, at one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, I'm sorry, people, I'm not going to pull away. Plus, I don't carry any types of chains like that that I could pull you with anyway. I mean, I got tow hooks and everything on the truck, but I don't have the stuff to do it with. So, sorry, you'll have to wait for somebody else. Bye. I just want to get home. But you know, yeah, the, tow, the tow truck drivers would chuck the shits if they caught the average person doing that anyway, because that's taking business away from them. Well, you know, I have friends, though, that will go out on nights like that, and they mm-hmm. take change and everything, and they'll pull you out of the ditch, you know, for 20 bucks. Yeah. They'll, just, they'll pull you out of the ditch for $20, $30. They'll just do it. And, because the tow truck drivers can't keep up with it. There's yeah, way too much. And all you're doing is getting them back up on the road. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they can't keep up with it. So I know I've got two or three friends that uh, that's that's where they get beer money from for a couple months, but they'll go out one night like that. <laughs> so um, sounds like a good plan, but no, it will, I won't see uh, see snow out here until hell freezes over. <laughs> you, you just reminded me of something, and then we'll move on to the next topic. I saw a good bumper sticker the other day. It said. Uh, when you said something about hell, it said, stop, drop, and roll won't work when you're in hell. <laughs> I like that one. I was sitting there in traffic. I was I was half tired that morning, and I pulled up behind the car, and I was sitting there in the light waiting for it to turn. I went, oh, I had to laugh. I had to audibly laugh on that one. So, um, but one of the topics we've been leading up towards and talking about things around Christmas was um, that I threw out there, and, and uh, both Mike and Mark seemed to think it was a good idea, was... The difference in Christmas then and now. This is kind of the old man shtick that Mike and I, we do literally, folks, try to avoid this. <laughs> but there's, it's also interesting, and, and some of the then and now stuff that I think of personally is stuff that's just changed in the last 10 years. It's not, doesn't even, mm-hmm. I'm not even going all the way back to when I was a kid. But I'll hold off now, and, and I'm curious because... Mark has such an opposite experience to what most people in the United States think of as as Christmas. Uh, not that we don't have tropical portion of the country that you know Florida and places like that that will have a warm green Christmas. Hawaii, Southern California. I know our friend mm-hmm. Allison Sheridan talks about you know, and she sent me pictures. They're sitting out in their backyard Christmas Eve barbecuing in their shorts and barefoot drinking wine. So mm-hmm. that is, that is perfect. Listen, yes. That is how we like doing it out here in Australia. We like doing it that way. Barbecue, pool, alcohol, all good. Yeah, see, I, I'll disagree. I, I want the I want snow on the ground. I want to be all bundled up in my coat outside. And... You know, it's interesting, Kevin. Like, you know, my kids are the same. And I, I remember when I was a kid, I'd, I'd watch American films and uh, Christmas movies, of course. And... I, I used to always say the snow because it, it's very much European Christmases and American Christmases are very much snow driven uh, when it's actually, you know, footage on, you know, documentaries or, or Christmas shows or stuff like that. Yeah. And it would always be, oh, wow, you know, wouldn't it be lovely to have Christmas in the snow? Because when you don't ever have it, you kind of go and look for it. And I don't know, I, I, obviously, Kevin, I know that you're, you don't want the, the warm Christmas. But just to experience it that one time or maybe two times in your life, because you get so used to the, the same time of year and the same sort of temperature that you go, oh, I wonder what this would be like to 
to have Christmas with snow, and it's something that we just don't have. Even though we've got some snow fields in Australia, uh, and it can get cold in winter and so forth out here, it will not snow this time of year anywhere in the country. It just won't. So none of us know, unless we've been across to Europe or the States, um, as to what it's really like. I can say this much, though, I wouldn't like to be cold, so wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't suit me too well. Yeah, no, I, I know you, you, you and I have a varying wide degree that we've talked about many times on the show about our, our temperature cold. It's, you know, it's, it's not too bad here right now. It's about 35 degrees or so Celsius, or Fahrenheit, I mean. And I was perfectly comfortable. I didn't wear a coat today or anything. I just, you know, had my shirt, had my, I, and I have a long sleeve shirt on because I wear long sleeve dress shirts every day. But I didn't wear a coat or anything. I just walked around, did everything. I was out walking between buildings and stuff today at, at work and didn't think a thing yeah, of it. I, I think it's also what you get used to and, and so forth. Um, you know, you get used to those conditions growing up in them and then living in them. Well. You know, yeah. You, well, you, Mike doesn't. But. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, I grew up in South Dakota, and we can have temperatures. We've had temperatures down to 30 below zero Fahrenheit here, and I never quite get used to it. Uh, I still, even now, even when it's in the 30s, I'll still put a coat on and go outside because I tend to get sick once in a while. And even though they seem to have proven uh, maybe that getting cold doesn't cause a cold, it's still that psychological thing that I just want to stay warm when I go out there mm-hmm. to keep myself from getting sick. And I will wear um, I wear mittens at work uh, keep my fingers warm, but then that way, too, if I'm waving at somebody, they can't see how many fingers I'm holding up. <laughs> uh, like so the snowplow guy. <laughs> yes. I'm waving at you, guy, and yeah, you're number one. Um, but... Uh, you know, you, you dress up and you, you know, but I, I still never quite get used to it. But yeah, I do chuckle when, like, uh, I think earlier this fall, um, California got down to what, I don't know, 50 degrees, maybe even 30 degrees, and they were acting like it was the end of the world. I'm going, hey, that would be sweet. I wish it would get that warm around here. So, oh, oh yeah. I, 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 it, it amazes me when, you know, it'll drop down to 50 or so and, uh, it, it, and they've got out the 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 uh, what I call the sub zero parkas, you know, like they're going to the uh, Arctic expedition. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and for me, it's like okay, I'll pull my shirt sleeves down, but you know, whatever. So uh, we all have our varying degrees. But like I say, I grew up here, and I'm still not quite used to it. I tolerate it. I adapt, and maybe if I finally get that job where I don't have to be out in the cold working, it won't torque me off so much. But yeah, it's something you adapt to. Um, and same way with the snow. I used to kind of like the snow when I was a kid, um, but not so much. Uh, well, as I got older, though, I was one of those kids that didn't like snow days uh, that we got off of school because Dad's rationale was, why buy a skid steer when you have a, a teenager and a manure spreader uh, to or a teenager and a pitchfork to clean out the barn? So, yeah, <laughs> snow days wasn't one of my favorite things. You know, it, it, I was to say it's odd too, and I'll let Mark talk real quick. It, I didn't like snow days as much when I was a kid because the shovel went right into my hands, <laughs> and, oh, <that> yeah. was, <laughs> and now I do it because I enjoy it. So anyway, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. I was just uh, something came across my mind that I want to ask Mike with with regards to farming um, and winter and having snow, so much snow because out here, of course, we we plant crops and and so forth, and and the uh, the animals graze the land or, you know, for the best part, unless it's drought time. But how does that actually change for 
such a heavy winter season when you're farming on that land? Is there some well, times of the year when you can't do any farming or you've got to do a lot of prep beforehand or well, do a bit of catch-up afterwards? You do a, you diversify here. We have lots of different farming. Um, there are some people that will do one or the other and then have you know part of the season off. We mm-hmm. did crop farming, so we would plant hopefully about uh, oh April, May, somewhere, and they get the crops planted in order to harvest by about July or August. So we'd have crops uh, during the summer too. We would make hay and we would put it up into uh, haystacks, big piles of hay that we would. Uh, use once winter came we would start feeding that uh, the mm-hmm. cows would graze in the summertime but yeah once winter rolled around um you would bring them up close to the buildings you'd have uh, buildings there and then we would uh, like calve in about um march and we would lamb about january or february when it was cold so um but earlier you had the the young ones the bigger they would be by the time fall came around and, and you get rid of them you wouldn't want to feed them during over the winter uh you would just keep enough uh, hay and grain around to feed your your regular stock during the summer and sell off the animals by the or at least that's the way we did before mm-hmm. winter came so you wouldn't have to have additional uh, stuff around but you know the basic philosophy was plan for the worst and pray for the best. Um, I think all farmers do that worldwide oh yeah. regardless yeah. of conditions. Yeah, so you try to put enough hay in there, and you try to plan things out, and you know you do it enough, uh, long enough, and you know once it becomes a tradition, you get used to doing certain things. But um, and there was a few years uh, around here. Our, you know, you talk to people in uh, South Dakota here. We talk about the legendary winter of '96, '97 that it started snowing um, on the day that Bill Clinton was elected president. And I still think that's God's form of punishing us, but that's just my political <laughs> commentary. And I don't think we saw the uh, ground until crap. I don't think it was probably May before all the snow was gone. I mean, we had wow. feet. We had feats of it because I was working out uh, at a uh, potato chip plant. I was out in the country there, and they were the people themselves was keeping the road open with a snowblower, and it got so deep that year that the snow along the road was so high they couldn't blow it up any higher with the snowblower. They finally had to have payloaders come out and push the snow back, and that was just kind of a one-lane thing. So you'd have, and it was a, a county road or a township road, which means a small, narrow uh, gravel road. Mm-hmm. And so... We would send, when it got time for us to leave work, we'd have one person go ahead and go down to the end and kind of stop traffic so we could get out because there was not room for two people to pass there. Um, and that's just kind of our Midwest mentality that we expect snow. And the thing here is we can get a snow, but it just doesn't sit on the ground. We have a lot of wind in South Dakota, so it'll drift, it'll blow. Um, and that's the real dangerous part because you can get out in the road, you can't see where you're going. Um you can lose control. You can end up in the ditch. We've had uh, several people that have frozen to death. Well, before cell phones, you couldn't communicate. But even now, you know, there's still every once in a while somebody will freeze. I think just the other day we had somebody uh, I heard on the news last night before we or tonight before we started podcasting. Somebody had gone off the road. They were going to try and walk for help, and they didn't make it. So, you know, and I guess that's why I take winter here seriously. I guess that's why it's not my favorite season because there's lots of potential. You know, even between farming, things can go wrong. People can lose their lives. And so for me, winter is, you know, a pretty serious thing. You you plan before you go anywhere. So, oh, yeah. That that contributes to my mentality, I guess. 
Another dumb question, and you know, obviously nature uh, looks after itself, but how, how do you go with livestock and so forth in winter? Do you find that a lot of them will sort of freeze and and so forth, or they well, they just adapt with their their coats and and whatnot? Well, they will adapt, but you also have to provide protection, um, shelter belts. Uh, you know, uh, well, I guess for people, for us as shelter belts, we're familiar with here, but it's just rows of trees, uh, groves of trees, I guess is mm-hmm. what you, maybe you'd call them. But you have those for wind protection so that they can get out of the wind. That will help a lot. Uh, we had barns on the farm here that we used for when they were uh, lambing and calving. But if the weather was really bad, we'd put them in there. But you didn't want them to be in there too long because then they'd get too steamy and uh, moist in there. And when they go outside, that would cause problems. But basically, the animals will adapt, but you do need to provide them with some protection, um, and, um, you know, and just take care, make sure they have food. If they have food, mm-hmm. enough roughage, that'll help generate some heat. Um, so it's a combination. They will adapt, but you also have to be good stewards and take care of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you around here, you'll see a lot of times you'll see, uh, like, uh, like kind of like a pole barn that people will use. It just kind of gives them, and I, this is the type of barn that's not, it's only enclosed on three sides is what I'm calling yep. a pole barn. And, and the animals can get in there, and you generally set them up so that they're facing away from the predominant direction you get wind from. Right. And the animals can just kind of walk in there, and, and they're sheltered, as Mike said, like with the trees and stuff, but it shelters them enough. And they use it in, if they want to get in and out of a summer storm or if they want to get in out of a winter storm. Either way, they can right. use both. Yeah, and around here, most of them face south because our predominant and our cold wind is from the north. That's our gift from Canada. They'll send us cold air a lot of the times. Uh, and um, and then the, with it open to the south, too, then the sun will shine in and kind of warm it up. So, yeah, it's you, you spend enough time here and you start to figure these things out, um, you know, what strategy works, what don't. And uh, and that's just information that's passed down from generation to generation. And you, you learn some of this stuff. And, and, you know, some of it is kind of common sense. But. It's just those things that you learn and you kind of, and, you know, but then when you have like that winter of 96, 97, that one was terrible. We had snow all over the place. Um, It got to the point that I wasn't able to get my hay hauled home. We had uh, a couple cows starved to death because I couldn't get them the hay that we needed. And about February, I I just sat down with mom and said, uh, after I'd come in and what should have taken about 20 minutes was taking me about three or four hours to try and get done feeding and taking care of the animals. And I came in and I had frostbite so bad that my feet were burning as I was warming them up. I looked at her and said, do we really want to farm, uh, do this anymore? And she said, no. And so, but at that point we couldn't get a truck in there to get rid of the cow. So we rode it out, uh, got through the winter And then at that point, we had the pasture, so we got rid of the animals in the fall. But after that, we said, no, this is, you know, we've had enough. We just, I was wore out, and, you know, I kind of realized I wasn't the greatest farmer in the world either. But, you know, you kind of, for those people who are passionate can do it, it's, you know, it's a wonderful life. But, you know, if you're not, if your heart's, if your heart's left it, let's put it this way, because it was in it when I started, but at some point I just lost it along the way. And then at that point, you're better off to get out and just save everyone trouble. Yeah, no, that's 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 how it, and that's true of any job. I mean, when your heart goes out of it, it's not worth sticking around. You need to move on. And I and and I know tons of people that you know over their working life, whether they be farmers, whether they be uh, professionals. I mean, I know doctors that gave up on it and became lawyers. And I actually know lawyers that said they wanted to do more because they felt like they were doing damage. They they became doctors and 
you know, it, it, it is true. Most lawyers do do damage. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I was just thinking about the lawyer that became a pro, uh, uh, proctologist, but I don't know, that might be the same Ooh. job. Oh, dear, let's not go there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's opening a can of worms, yeah. And we yeah. kind of deviated from our, our, our Christmas stuff, haven't we? We got into farming and lawyers and proctology. Yeah, so, sorry, I, you know, I, I, just, it's I, fine. Had, I had the light globe turned on for five seconds. Oh, oh, oh. oh that explains See, I, I mean, the power of on, You just got to go with the flow. Yeah, it, it drained it drained all the thing out of Skype because now if I were to sing White Christmas, it would sound much better. Ah, oh, Kevin, don't sing. No, again, there's not enough, not enough electricity. <laughs> I, honestly, the you suggest it, and my headache starts again. Uh, and, and yet this is the same guy we've sang. What did we sing? Jingle bells when you're on. Uh, uh, on Nam. Nam. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do that this year because I've already uh, recorded the last episode for this year, and I'm going to take a month off, so. Uh, Listeners won't be able to to hear Nam for a month, but that's all right. It's um, look, it's a pretty boring time of the year, and who wants to do an episode of Nam straight after Christmas with the guy who got, you know, a brand new iPhone and a brand new Mac, and then the rest of us are just going smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a little bit of uh, jealousy there? <laughs> but uh, no, oh, not really. Just there's not much to talk about, and um. That, that's the big issue we found last year with the Apple industry was that there was nine months without an Apple announcement. And when you're doing a, a topic-centric show where it, it's related to the Mac, and obviously NAMP, not another Mac podcast, can be not about the Mac, but we tend to stay on the Mac topic. And, uh, you know, when, when you don't have any sort of brand-new news out of the, the major company that you're discussing, it's like, well, you know, I don't really want to get into the nitty-gritty of this lawsuit and that lawsuit that they're doing. I, no. That's not my idea of fun. That is well and truly taken care of by other people in the industry. I just I want to talk about the usability and what we're doing and the problems we have and how we overcome it and, and stuff like that. I don't want to talk about who's suing who because I really don't care. Yeah, no, I can't believe that. But where, where I started with this was, I, you know, Mark experiences Christmas in the middle of the summer. Mike and I experience it in the middle of winter. Or actually not the middle, in the beginning of winter. And Mark's been mm-hmm. experiences at the beginning of summer. But, you know, I'm always interested in, in, in what you've seen change over, whether it's just the last five, ten years, or over the course of your life. And I'm, I'm talking more than, you know, the childhood, childhood aspirations yeah. for Christmas. I'm talking about... What you've seen change, maybe on a societal level? I've seen Christmas become a commodity, and that's one reason why I I don't like it that much. I mean, my mother's another reason. She was absolutely insane with Christmas, very much similar to Kevin. I'm sure Kevin's kids will probably grow up disliking Christmas because Kevin's such a fanatic. And that's not anything against Kevin. That's just when you have something thrown down your throat enough, you turn away from it. It's just... Uh, nature um, but what I've noticed is that by the time September hits the 1st of September they start rolling out the Christmas decorations in the, the major shopping centres and you can start to buy Christmas decorations and everything for Christmas and we spend the next three months essentially three and a half months doing nothing but Christmas similarly uh, what will happen on Boxing Day is that uh, which is the day after Christmas in Australia. I can't remember if you guys celebrate it or not. No. Um, but 
so the day after Christmas, if you go to the shops, they'll have Valentine's Day and they'll have Easter stuff out. And it's like, really, we've got to spend another three months preparing for those events. And it just, and, and then in Australia, we've also adopted in, in recent years and maybe the last 20 years or so, Christmas in July, some people celebrate it, some people don't. But it's like, ah, oh, just leave the damn Christmas tree up all year round, people don't, you know, I put it up again in July. It's just, it's too commercial now. From If I look back to when I was a kid, Christmas was something that, you really got excited about and you really got worked up in the, the six weeks leading up to Christmas. And just progressively, year after year, it's just been getting worse and worse and worse. We've now got a Christmas shop in Australia which is open every day of the year. Uh, and at least one that I know of. And it's just it's way too commercial. There's There's too much saying, okay, you've got to buy this and buy that and buy something else. My kids are asking for an, asking Santa, mind you, for an, an Xbox One for Christmas. And it's like, poor old jolly Santa Claus, you know, if he bought every kid an Xbox One, he'd be broke after doing like 50 kids. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, um, it, it's one of those things that there's such, a, a, like, okay, we, we try and keep our, our kids sort of grounded in, in a certain way and, we don't go over the top with gifts. I know other people who do. And, look, I'm not judging anyone because everyone does Christmas their own way. Um, but we try and keep it with just a small amount of things because we have gone over the top in the past and they lose interest and they get distracted and they don't know what to do next. They, they just There's too much. So we try and keep it to just a few small little things that are meaningful and keep si- keep Christmas as simple as we can. Uh, from a gift-giving standpoint, because I, I think there's a tendency now with the commercialization of Christmas for kids of, of all ages to expect bigger and better year after year. And th- there's a limit to that because you buy an iPad last year, you've got to buy an Xbox One this year. What happens next year? What what comes after that? And it just gets to the point of where I don't like the commercialization of Christmas in my opinion, I, I don't care whether you follow or believe in a religion or not, but, you know, if there's a, a, a religious tone to Christmas that you believe in, then you know, apply that. But Christmas, in my mind, is about giving and sharing time with other people. Um, and it's not so much gifts. Gifts are lovely, but it's the thought behind the gift that counts. It, it should never be the value um, that is at the forefront, and maybe I'm just getting better as I'm getting older. But I, I, I just look at well, kids today, and I just see that they look more bigger, better, and more expensive than perhaps 20, 30 years ago. Well, uh, now I kind of feel a, a a mini rant coming on here. Um, I guess it for me, it's not the commercialization so much of Christmas as more the secularism of Christmas because. Um, you know, I, I have certain religious beliefs, and I don't. You know, I I don't force them upon people. But really, Christmas is a is is a Christian holiday, and I don't mm-hmm. force people to believe in it. But it is a Christian holiday, and yes. it was you know centered around the, the birth of Christ, and you know it and it's supposed to be about God's gift to us, um, and therefore that's why we give gifts, not to uh, it's to remind us of the gift that we've been given. 
Um, and that, that's the purpose of it. It's not to try and outdo each other. It's not to try to be, mm-hmm. buy the biggest gift. It's to remind us about what you know we mean to God, what God means to us, and what we mean to each other. And uh, that has kind of gotten lost with, uh, you know, like I say, you know, it is the commercialization of Christmas, but it's lost anything. And I realize that, um, you know, Christianity isn't in vogue right now, I guess. Um, I'm not saying that it's, you know, in the decline or anything like that, but, you know, it's not fashionable, especially for all the people who are pumping out the Christmas stuff. Uh, and, you know, some people even refuse to acknowledge Christmas. They will say, you know, happy holidays. They will say something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And so this is the Christmas holiday. Uh, and I think we need to kind of remember the reason why it's there, you may not have to you know, necessarily agree with the Christian belief, but remem- remember what it is about. It is about thinking about each other, caring about each other, helping each other out once in a while. And it doesn't have to be big gifts. It doesn't have to be monetary gifts. Go over and shovel mm-hmm. your neighbor's sidewalk. Uh, yep. you know, help them do something. Uh, and that's what we need to be remembering and not worrying about the credit card bills that we're re- uh, running up because we have to go out and buy the big gift for that and the big gift for the, uh, this. And we got to get everybody something there. Uh, you know, Sometimes the best gifts are you know cookies or something homemade, yep. something that you put some thought something into. Something hot, yeah. Yeah, something that has a little bit of you in it, um, metaphorically speaking. I'm not uh, advocating people (laughs) chop up stuff, parts of their body, and give to people. But uh, metaphorically speaking, something that you have put some time and effort into. And, you know, those are the the gifts that, you know, will be remembered. And uh, I say... It's cool to get all this stuff. I remember getting some gifts when I was a kid. But, you know, I think maybe that's the biggest thing because for us – and, you know, I realize times change and families grow and move on and everything else. But, you know, uh, for me, it was uh, we would go to church service, uh, Christmas Eve service in our little country church out there. And, you know, it was probably cold because it didn't have the best heater in the world. But we would sit on the cold wooden benches and we would listen to the Christmas service. Uh, I was probably part of the Christmas uh, program, the Sunday school kids. And at times there was only like three or four of us up there because there wasn't a lot. But uh, it was that. And then when we were done, we would go back and mom would make uh, oyster stew. And we would all sit there and eat that. I would refuse to eat the oysters because I thought they tasted like erasers. But I would take the stew and I would throw oyster crackers in there and soak it up good and have that. And... And, I, you know, probably one of the biggest changes that I've seen is the uh, difference between real trees and artificial trees now. Mm-hmm. Some people still do the real trees. I think, don't you do real trees, uh, Kevin? No, actually, I don't because uh, I like to have my tree up for so long. Okay. Because, uh, as Mark said, you do the opposite of your parents. My mother was very much, don't put it up too soon. Don't put, oh, it's New Year's. Got to come down. Got to come down. Got to get it out of the house. So I adopted the artificial tree, uh, the two main Actually, all the trees in the house are artificial. I was going to say there's one real one, but no, they're all they're okay. all they're all artificial. Just because I put them up the day after Thanksgiving. Well, and for us, our trees are artificial because I'm um, allergic to uh, pine trees if I'm around them for too long. So you know, for us, it's you know uh, more of a practical matter. But I think you know that's probably one of the biggest things. Um, and once you start going artificial, then you get bizarre. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen many of the uh, the tin foil. Uh, christmas trees anymore but that used to be a thing oh i remember those i love those things okay you're just bizarre but anyway <laughs> <laughs> the, yep, aluminum, the, alum- 
the aluminum trees. You can still buy them, actually. The real okay. aluminum trees are like $250, I've looked. What is the fake aluminum trees? <laughs> where well, do you, the, the, the where fake, do you... The fake ones are that plastic stuff Oh, the that's still shiny, but it's not as rigid as the what you what I know you're talking about, where the... You know, and it made you remember you could shake the branches and it actually tingled a little bit because it was really aluminum. Okay. Um, yeah. And or so, aluminium for everyone else. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, alum, aluminium. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, I won't even say it. I had trouble saying it when I was a kid. That brings back, you know, that's a whole other story. But anyway, um, you know, and so it's things like that. And I remember, you know, uh, and I don't know, maybe it's, well, I'm sure it's still out there. I just haven't, I don't watch TV enough to have seen it, but the good old Charlie Brown Christmas special. Because uh, when you said the tree, and I'm thinking of that poor little thing out the, there. That's the just, Charlie Brown tree. Yeah, it's the one that you put the bulb on it and it bends over. And, and but, you know, and, and that was one of those things. It wasn't about, um, you know, and I admire Charles Schultz because he, you know, he had certain values that he brought to his comic strip. And one of those was that, you know, this was about Christmas, but, you know, I think they even had the speech against commercialization of Christmas in there. But it was about looking at the small things in life, valuing them for what they are. Um, And I think that's something that's gotten, you know, I guess I'm just repeating myself. No, but that's something that's gotten missed is looking at the things around you and valuing what you have and appreciating them rather than thinking about, you know, as I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to, I almost bought an Xbox One the other day. Uh, So I guess I'm guilty of it also. But, you know, trying to, and I need to do that myself more is just look at the things I have, appreciate them, maybe use them more, maybe, you know, and not go out and maybe, maybe that would cause the whole U.S. economy to collapse. I don't know. Maybe we do need to. I'll keep going out and buying stuff so we can keep this train rolling. But um, it's just, there should be a time of, uh, you know, inner reflection uh, about yourself, your life, everything else, um, and not turn it into a a competition of gift buying and giving. No, and I I agree with you on that side. I mean, as much as I enjoy the gifts that I get, and when I was a kid, it was more materialistic to some extent. Almost every child in the world is that celebrates mm-hmm. Christmas. But now I enjoy, and it drives my family crazy, I enjoy opening the gift as much as the gift itself, if not more. Because I am one of those type of people that is, especially as I've aged, uh, I do slowly open the gift. I, I work it all the way around. I don't just tear into the paper and throw it on the floor. I just very carefully, because I enjoy the experience of opening the gift, and I enjoy the gifts that I get, and I do like those homemade gifts that you're talking about, Mike, a plate of cookies. Uh, I remember one of the gifts that I cherish to this day is my wife, uh, who's a does counted cross-stitch, uh, and I know Elisa and some of the other people out there, and Allison know what I'm talking about, and maybe some of the other listeners do. She made me an angel, a counted cross-stitch angel that we now have. I'm looking at it right now here on the one tree down here in the family room. Uh, and I treasure that. I truly treasure that. She stitched it. I opened it up Christmas morning, and hell, I'm not afraid to admit I bawled like a baby when I saw <laughs> that thing because it was so touching. You know, and you know, granted, the whole thing probably cost her five or ten dollars in materials, but I know she spent probably two or three months having to do it when I wasn't around to stitch it and get it put together. Well, and, and you say that, and that kind of ties in. Uh, you, know, you guys haven't mentioned it yet, but I sent you to a uh, a gift of a, a railroad engineer's hat, and uh, that kind of reminded me because Deb uh, 
uh, that came from my uh, wife's father-in-law, and he was a big model railroader. And, uh, and you know, hopefully, you know, if that's the picture you use for the cover art, that'll be one of his hats. My wife sat mm-hmm. there and did a counted cross-stitch of a train crossing a snowy bridge for him. And when he passed away, that was one of the things that she wanted back was that. And if I would have thought that we were going to go in this direction, I should have had it here and showed you guys. Because it's one of those neat things. And it's one of those things, it's from the heart, it's from the hands. Uh, and that means more than if it had come from Hasbro. Yeah, and uh, yeah. my wife, and, it, and that's not the only thing my wife has made me over the years. She's made me a few things, and I do truly love those things. I mean, I also like the big screen TV I got one year. But <laughs> <laughs> look, it, it, of course, and, and you know, I, I don't think we're saying that we don't appreciate gifts and especially nice oh, ones yeah. like a big screen TV. But just the little things in life sometimes are best. Like one thing I do that's not necessarily Christmas related, but with one of my best friends, um, we have a Wednesday afternoon where she comes across and I make a different cake every Wednesday. And it's something that we all look forward to and we all have a great time with, but it's connecting with people. It's not, you know, about going and buying this nice cake or anything like that. It's just, let's have a nice cake, let's sit down, have a coffee, have a few laughs. And that friendship there and and, and that event that we do once a week is more meaningful to me than than any sort of gift could ever be, if you know what I mean. It, it's very hard to explain emotion and, and, and friendship in a, in a good way, but if, if you can link that into Christmas and, and the meaning of Christmas and, and just bring pure happiness that is uncomplicated, not stressful, and, and everyone just has a great time, then that's a gift in itself. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a tremendous gift. And it doesn't need to be limited to the, the Christmas holiday because, as you mentioned that, yeah. We have a couple uh, new teachers up there at the school, and it's been various things. Let's just say uh, it's been a little tough for them to try and uh, uh, get uh, you know to do things. Well, the one the one teacher was actually on America's Funniest Home Videos a couple weeks ago. Uh, they had a video selected on there to go on there, and they got the, you know the nice part was they got flown out to uh, Los Angeles for the filming, and her fa- uh, she's originally from uh, Los. Uh, Los Angeles, so she got to see family. But so that was a good thing. But on the way down there, uh, driving from Clark to Sioux Falls, which was about a two-hour drive, they hit a deer, smashed up the front end of their vehicle, Ooh. and no, it gets worse. Um, then yeah, when they were uh, in the airport somewhere, her husband was carrying their daughter on his shoulder. She started the daughter started to slip. The uh, lady dived in to try and save her, and her father-in-law uh, landed on her ankle and snapped it. So now she's oh, in a Lord. wheelchair. Yes, she's in a wheelchair now. Hopefully within a few weeks she can start putting some weight on. This was back in November, I think it was, about a month ago. So she's been you know, in a, a wheelchair while her ankle heals for a few months. But, you know, we've all uh, – and so there's you – know, like I say, there's a few of us there. So we've been helping her uh, get to the in and out of the vehicle because it's icy there now. And so that's kind of the thing is, you know, we've rallied around her and make sure – and the other day we almost had another contender if – and I should – see if we could check the school camera and see if it got caught i was trying to help her out to the vehicle and she's on her crutches trying to get out there and get in the vehicle and she goes to test this one spot to see if it was slippery with the uh with her crutch and it was and she goes down she keeps her bad foot up in the air i'm trying to help her i almost land on top of her and i thought this might be a repeat performance for america's funniest home videos but uh, Yeah, and so it's a comedy of errors, but you know it's one of those things that yeah you you find these people 
And don't just do something for them once a year. Do something for them throughout the year. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I've tried to go in there, uh, and I keep telling them, you know, I'm not, I'm just a janitor. I can't do a lot, but I can put on a good comedy show, and if nothing else, make them laugh and lift their spirits or something. And so it's not always about the amount that you do. It's just about the things that you do. Well, it's that simple. Agreed. It's a simple remembrance of your fellow man or, or woman or however, your fellow human beings, I guess is the best way to say it, that that you show appreciation for them and, um, you know, you say, hey, I, and, and we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago before NAP one uh, episode, if you remember that, Mark, and, you know, it's just the, I'm acknowledging that you have been kind and done so much and mm-hmm. you have, you mean something to me. So here's a small gift. I had a friend of mine the other day handed me, she makes these, uh, they're called homemade energy bars and they're, they're wonderful. They're oats and, there's some peanut butter and then cran- dried cranberries and stuff. They're just delicious. And she came in, she said, Merry Christmas, and handed me a small tin with these things in it. I mean, that's an awesome gift. And I, you know, yep. I, I, I actually have cut them in half to dole them out to myself just a little <laughs> bit at a time. But they're they're good. They're some, it, it's sweet, but also somewhat good for you because of the stuff that's in it. You know, it's health, a little bit healthy. It does give you a little bit of a boost, but... That's a great type of thing, you know, just to do something like that off the cuff. Yeah, yeah I think def- it, definitely give the gift to humanity because, like I say, what they've, uh, you know, I try to do these, do these things for them, and what they've given back to me is, you know, being a high school custodian, I literally sometimes have to look at people's shit. Why you cannot flush a toilet is beyond me. And so you start to see that kind of stuff day after day. And just, you know, the, the, and I realize it's just little things, but it kind of, you know, it does wear at your soul. And you just kind of think, why do people not do certain things? And it's just the fact that I can go in there, talk to them. They lift their, my spirits. They make me feel better. And they remind me that, you know, we are all humans. We all make mistakes. And it just kind of gives me a chance to see the other side of things and not just because when I'm doing my job, all I tend to see is kind of those things that you wish somebody would have picked something up, threw it away, you know, done something, put it in a trash can, you know, uh, aimed a little better, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, and that, that's stuff that's so easy to do as well. Right. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, oh. it, it's easy to be lazy, but uh, it, it's someone else has to, to clean up after you and that's not cool. No, and and I know uh, for our building, the building guys that take care of our campus, who uh, are my friend, uh, they're friends of mine. I mean, even beside that, uh, every time I make a, if I have a, a mess or something like one day I spilled coffee grounds, I don't have anything that I can clean it up with, and I and I I walk down to the other end of the building. And I said, hey, give me the vacuum and a mop, and I'll mm-hmm. do it myself. Um, I don't want to, and they said, oh no, we don't mind doing it. And I said, you know. I'll do it myself because I don't want to make extra work for somebody. And I said, the fact that you're willing to come down, tell us you did it, tell us where it is so that we can go take care of it, that's enough. You have done more than other people might do, and that's what they appreciate. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate the teachers who uh, take the time to teach the kids because there's been a few times kids have made a mess and uh, we got another new teacher there and she's really good about – making the kids, uh, they'll come down. If they make a mess, they'll clean it up. Uh, we had a few uh, a kid that maybe spilled his milk, and she made him come up and tell me. And I said, that's cool. I'll get them up, and I'll clean up. But it's just the fact that, you know, teach them that there are people – you know, appreciate the people who have to do the things to keep this place going and that the fact that we are here trying to help um, – 
you guys get an education to make yourselves better and to improve the world. And all you know, all I ask is a, a little acknowledgement because a smile and a, a you know hello can go a long ways with me. Um, and just you know, and make the effort. I don't expect people to you know. We're all human. We're all screw ups at different times or another. And I'm sure there are people that have to clean up after my stupid butt. But you know, you try to appreciate them and just you know, and just for the kids to learn about you know, what it takes to keep everything going and just to kind of pick up after yourself once in a while, make some effort uh, to just keep things going in a halfway's orderly fashion is is kind of a gift of itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's true. It's As you said, it's the gift of humanity that means the most. And that's something that I see, that's probably the biggest change I've seen. You know, commercialization is one portion of it. I mean, the Black Friday stuff is absolutely ridiculous. I refuse to participate in that and, you know, go out on Thanksgiving night and all that because I love Thanksgiving as much as I like Christmas. Uh, it's just a, you know, it's a, a more of a minor holiday in this country than it probably should be. It should be a bigger holiday and there should be more about it. But that aside, I, I refuse because I think it's wrong to make people go out and work on Thanksgiving so that we can... Uh, uh, feed our materialistic needs uh, for for Christmas and and for the holidays and for, in some cases just hell to buy stuff. So yeah, that's that's my big thing. But the little things that I remember, you know, the 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 little things that we used to do, like in church where they gave us a box of candy on Christmas, or mm. or the uh, fire company, and I've seen it start again recently. The volunteer fire company ride through the neighborhoods. And they'll have Santa Claus on the fire truck, and they'll hand out oranges or you know a little pack of candy to the kids. That's the kind of thing that. How much goodwill does that buy, and how much does that add to the spirit of the season? I mean, I used to love that, and I'm starting to see it happen again, and I think that's wonderful. It's it's putting the humanity back in Christmas, and reminding people it's the time of year we need to appreciate all that we have. So indeed. So I think, you know, as, as much as, you know, I like to yank Mark's chain and stuff like that, uh, because I do love Christmas. I, I freely admit that. I, I tweet the countdown to Christmas stuff and all that, and it annoys Mark. I do partially just to annoy him. Um, but I, I, you Don't know, we know. But I, I do love it. I love the decorations. I, I, I freely admit uh, I'm a Christmas fiend when it comes to it, and it's, it is quite a letdown after Christmas. I mean, you know, when it comes time to take the decorations down, it's like, oh, I really don't want to do this. I mean, aside from the work. I just, mm. you know, it's depressing. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm drunk now. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, well, I think... Well, it was depressing having to put the Christmas decorations up in my house because I had to put my train set in the shed. Now, see, I got my train set out because I had uh, uh, the Christmas train set that I bought last year at a train show that I had bought, and we put around one of the, the trees, and then uh, I was as I was putting it away last year, this is how stupid I am, I didn't realize that the box car in the train set that I had played music, until I picked it up and the door slid open, I said, oh look, there's a place to put a battery, oh look, there's a switch on the bottom. <laughs> so this year when I put the train set up, besides having the Christmas train that runs around the tree, if you reach down and flip the little switch on the bottom of the boxcar, it play it goes through a series of eleven Christmas carols as it runs around the tree. <laughs> and that is the epitome of geek culture. Don't yeah. bother reading the instructions. Just, just 
do it. Put it on, and then a year later, figure out, ooh, a button. Yeah. Well, well, the, you see, how, how like, many times do we all do that? I mean, seriously, I do that all the time. I had a friend across over earlier today, and uh, he, he's showing me, um, you know, they're sitting on the iPhone because, you know, we've got paywalls behind certain sites and, like, news services now out here. And it's like, oh, you can get it around this if you just delete the the cookies and the, the browsing data and, and, you know, you got into the iPhone and showed me, oh, look, just do it here. And I'm like, oh, cool, man. I didn't realize that we could do that. I mean, I knew I could do that on the Mac, but I never knew I could do it on, on the iPhone. And um, so, yeah, geeks aren't we, – we like to think of ourselves as, as well together when it comes to knowing everything there is to know, but some of the basic things we completely miss as well. You see, yeah. you're looking at it as a failure, though. I look at it as you're just going to get a nice little surprise somewhere down the road. It's just a little present there that you've left yourself because you didn't read the manual. You don't know everything all about. <laughs> you're going to discover something later on. Yeah, that's that. That's a good. That's a positive way to look at. It. That's a very positive spin on it. Well, oh, indeed. Well, that you know, if I I. Could have been a politician or a used car salesman if I wanted to go over to the dark side, but I've embraced the light. You've embraced the light, and and and, and you have the light shining out of every orifice that you can get it out of, right? Sure, why not? <laughs> How colorful! That's yes. a, it, it depends on what shade of light he has shining out of his orifice, but you know we won't go there for right now. <laughs> so I think. Uh, I think that kind of wraps it up for this week. I mean, we didn't get to everything we had talked about getting to, but I think we've had a good discussion, guys. Do we ever get to yeah. everything we talk about? Yeah, hell no. No. <laughs> That's no, no we, we, we should probably just publish the list at the end of each year to say, these are the topics we didn't discuss. Would you like us to discuss them next year? Or then we wouldn't have to do any work. Or would you like us just to shut up and find something interesting to talk about? Comment. Below. I think I think I think they already do that. No one listens to this show, do they? Uh, Dorothy I mean, does. Th- th- well, poor Dorothy. But it's I, I kind of figured. Poor Peter. Bill. We're sorry, guys. We're sorry. You know, I, I look at this show as as uh, three good friends getting together, having a great chat about whatever comes to mind. And uh, if anyone listens, great. If you don't, yeah, well. Hey, it's, it, it was we said when we started this way back, what, a hundred and some episodes ago now, when when you and I took over, Mark, geek doesn't mean technology, it doesn't mean anything. It's something you are passionate about, and you can yep. have multiple passions. That's the, way we, that's the way we look at it, you know? And at the moment, we're being passionate about Christmas and, and, and the kindness to our fellow human beings. Even yeah, if, and I'm, I'm going to have the best Christmas this year anyway, which is good. My mother's coming across this weekend, so I get her out of the way before Christmas, <laughs> and then we're going to uh, our best friend's house for Christmas, and we're doing this joint thing where we're just going to just have a big smorgasbord, the kids are going to have fun with each other, and you know we're going to have fun, and it's just, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's, it's going to be a Christmas worth remembering this one. Well, that, that's wonderful. Yeah, and we're uh, next next Monday and Tuesday. We hope to uh, weather permitting. I think it will. We're going to go down to Sioux City and see my daughter and boyfriend there. And then I think maybe over Christmas we might do what we did over Thanksgiving. And uh, my two sons and I will set up the Minecraft server again, and we'll geek out uh, doing that. And I wonder if there's a way we can dress our guys up in Santa outfits. Hmm. I don't know. 
I don't know about that. There has to be someone yeah. who has done Santa outfits for Minecraft. If not, all Minecraft users feel ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. There's, there's got to be somewhere. I, I don't know where. I haven't looked. But well, any Minecraft I, aficionados out there, uh, reply in comments or you know send e- uh, emails to wherever, and um, maybe we can figure this one out. Yeah, no, yeah, I was I, actually playing Minecraft today on the iPhone, and uh, lots of fun. Look, I don't play it a lot, but I tend to play it when the kids have their friends across, so we just get everything out, and then it's like, okay, iPads and iPhones, and then we connect it up and, and sort of build anything, really. Um, today we built this big mansion, and I was on garden duty and doing the footpath and the fencing, and... It's just, it's cool because it's so relaxed and so easy to do. Unfortunately, I had to use my iPhone, so it was a small screen, but you can still have fun with it. Well, you see, when the boys and I got together, we were doing things, and um, my oldest son, Eric, had just gotten it, so he wasn't really good at it. So every few minutes, this message would be popping up that Eric has gotten killed by a skeleton, he's gotten killed Mm -hmm. by a zombie, you know, whatever. And, well, finally, at some point, uh, I went out and found some sheep and uh, got the wool and got some wood and made him a bed. Uh, So And then, you know, then we all had to go to sleep at the same time. So Because the thing is, when you all go to, uh, you know, when you sleep in your bed, that's where you respawn the next time you get killed because we'd always end up where we started out. So one of those have to go into retrieval mission because he couldn't find his way back. So we would go out there and retrieve him. So, you know, we got a bed for him so that, you know, when he respawned, he would be back on on familiar territory, and uh, yeah, so we had to cooperate together. But we'd go, uh, you know, mining, and uh, my other son Ryan, he declared himself uh, uh, the Department of Transportation was making roads connecting all our houses together, and you know, okay, yeah, I'm a grown man, but we were still having fun and you know doing that kind. Of, oh, it's, it's a great game. Yeah, and we're you know my sons are in their twenties, so it's not like they're you know little kids either. But we still we think like little kids, and some people will probably agree with that. But um, <laughs> but the good thing is that it, it uses the imagination portion of your mind that so much as adults we tend to block that out because we don't dream as much as we used to, we don't imagine as much as we used to. We live in what's termed in, in quotation marks the real world and. Frankly, the real world can be really dull and boring, whereas yeah. you look at something like Minecraft and you create it from a, a blank canvas, essentially, and you put in it as, as much as you want or as little as you want, but you take out of it an immense amount of pleasure from creating this stuff. And you just have to go on YouTube and just type in Minecraft and see some of the worlds people have created and the jaw drops. It's just absolutely incredible. I've seen stuff that I could never dream of doing myself. It's like, wow, what did well, they think of that? That's excellent. And when I'm, uh, you know, playing Minecraft by myself, I've got a world created, and I've, I'm happy. I finally got a sorting facility set up. So when I go out on a, a quest or whatever, and I come back with all this stuff, I can just drop it in there and it gets sorted into its respective spots. So that saves me just a lot of time doing it. But I had to get the stuff to do it and build it, and and all this other stuff. Now when I get enough stuff accumulated, maybe I'll start working on a mansion or. Something mm-hmm. like that, but you know, it, it's uh, goals and aspirations and inspiration and talent and all that good kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just wish I had more time to to get into it. Well, that's mm. that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. I'm actually taking two weeks off. Ooh, uh, wow! I get uh, well. I mean, fortunately, we're closed a few days, so I can actually take. I only have to take like five or six days of vacation and get. Uh, two weeks off. I'm off after Friday the 19th, and I don't go back to work till the 5th of January. 
So uh, it's almost like being back in school again. And I'm looking forward to just hanging out with my family, doing some things, going to visit family members, and you know, just generally having a relaxing time and kind of mellowing out a little bit because I can use the mellow part. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all can to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, life is so hectic. Um, you know, we, we always tend to think that ours is the worst and the most hectic, but bottom line is we all live in this fast-flowing world and we've all got to keep up. And by the end of it, you really need something like a, a Christmas New Year break where you can just down tools and say, right, that's it. I'm having some time to myself. And it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't have to do much. Yeah. And that's and that's the exact point. I just I'm just going to mellow out. I won't have the commute, which is frankly one of the most stressful, th- one of the highest stress things I do. Um, won't have to deal with that. It'll be relaxing. I can just sit here, mellow out. If I want to watch a video, if I want to watch a movie or something like that, I can just you know chill out and do that. And that's that's exactly what I have planned. And eat a little good food, have some time to enjoy that, and that's that's the biggest thing. We'll play some games or do something like that, and that'll be the way we spend it. So, But on that note, I think we'll wrap the show up for this week. I'll, we'll start out with uh, Mr. Uh, Green Tree and uh, let everybody know where they can find out more about you, should they care to do so. Oh, they probably don't, but uh, for the odd person that would, simply go across to markgreentree.com. Ah, wonderful, and I encourage you to go there because a lot of the fine writing that Mr. Green Tree does uh, appears there, and uh, even if some of it's been a little while since he wrote, it's still good, oh, valuable data. It's been a long time. I, I've got to tell you, I've, I keep saying to myself, I've got to get back into it. And uh, but boy, uni is uh, the uni demands are intense. And by the time I'm finished the, the weekly uni requirements, I'm uh, I'm pretty much knackered. It's it's basically like having a full time job. Um, doing uni full time, it, it really is quite demanding, and to do it properly too. I mean, I'm sure I could half ass it, but I don't want to. Yeah, no, no half ass in anything. Just do a full ass. Absolutely, you know, it, it's like you know, fat free and sugar free and half this and half that. It's like really, I want the full stuff, man. Go big, go bigger, go home. That's exactly it. That's right. So, uh, Mr. McPeak, can you mention, you know, I'm, nobody can find you anywhere. Can you please tell people how they can find you? Well, if you really want to find me, because I haven't found myself yet, um, uh, we're all looking for us. Oh, that's another metaphorical uh, discussion we could have. But anyway, if you really want to find me, uh, I'm on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have an about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M C P E E K. Okay, and if you want to find out more about me, you can find me on Twitter at B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. There's also an about.me page, about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. And stand by for a project that I've been working on for the last month or so that I hope to launch in the first, best I can say, is half of next year, 2015. And hopefully that'll make my online presence a little more interesting for people. Uh, if it, if, it com- if it comes together. No promises, I'm just trying. Uh, but if you want to find out more about the show, go over to geekiestshowever.com. We would love comments, feedback, uh, review in iTunes. is always appreciated. It helps the show be discovered by more people. Um, but we do appreciate yeah, we get, it. Yeah, we get to just traumatize everyone the world over. So. That's true. But help by giving us feedback, because then you'll be spreading the, the trauma. 
That's right. Spread the trauma. This whole trauma ward is what we want to fill up. But anyway, uh, so we thank you for listening. And again, wish everybody a very Merry Christmas between now and uh, then. And uh, one thing to remember between now and Christmas and now and next week, if you do nothing else, go out and hug a geek. Are you into video games? Well, check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. There's Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam. Whether you love Mario, love Halo, love Crash Bandicoot, or just love some good old-fashioned PC gaming, make sure to check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. These shows are weekly shows where we'll catch up on what we're playing, what uh, news stories are on that platform this week, and much, much more, all revolving around the wonderful world of video games. So check out Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam right here on the Stoplight Network. Uh-huh.